Let's pray and we'll get going. We will see how far we get. Um, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I thank you for um, just loving us. Uh, Lord, you're, um, you're sitting on the throne and, and we're not. And uh, the sooner uh, that we can realize that in our own lives, uh, the better off we're going to be. Uh, Lord, you allow us to uh, just have a hand in uh, you reaching the world and when we see things uh, like the harvest party yesterday, uh, we just stand back in awe of uh, of what you've done because there's no way that even in our best efforts we could have uh, had that big of a, an outreach and that big of a uh, really a success, Lord. And so we do just uh, we just praise you for being uh, Lord, uh, even though we try to be sometimes. And so, uh, Lord, we do pray for the souls who were here yesterday. Uh, that you would just uh, allow the gospel that was shared to uh, just kind of penetrate their hearts and allow them to know that there is a church uh, right here local uh, that loves them and uh, is willing to uh, just get them on track with you. And so, Lord, we do pray for the young boy who uh, broke his arm. Uh, we pray that it's just... Uh, heals up quickly and uh, Lord there's a lot of things going on uh, just in and about the church and with the Halloween outreach coming up and uh, it seems like we're always busy uh, but Lord I pray that we're busy about your work and there are things that you uh, you, you uh, desire us to do and so uh, Lord I do pray that as we step back into your word today in this uh, this new study we've kind of started that um, we would get through however much you want us to get through uh, it would be easy for me to try to push through some of this but I feel like uh, you have kind of hit the brakes on some of these things because maybe somebody or somebody's really needs to uh, hear this and apply it. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would just bless this whole thing, uh, that you would get the honor and the glory. I pray for those who aren't here today for different reasons, ministry reasons. I pray for uh, Laura. She's uh, still in the hospital this morning, that you would uh, just give the doctors wisdom to figure uh, all of that out, be with Jesse and allow him to be um, just the support that she needs through this. And uh, just pray for all the things uh, that you're doing in and about your church, that you would get all the honor and the glory for it in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you got your uh, uh, Bibles, um, let's see, you can open up to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to get started uh, today and um, we'll get we'll get going from there. So I think there's room up here, guys, or uh, you can move the donuts or you can sit with the donuts and just hold them. It's fine. Whatever you want to do. So yeah, whatever you want to do. So uh, anyway, we... Uh, I, I, um, <laughs> Did you say no? Come on, Candace. Candace is like, you get one nice week out of me. It's all good. I have something to say about that. It has nothing to do with what you just said, but anyway, I'm just not going to because sometimes... Anyway, it's all good. Okay, John chapter 15. So we started uh, this last week what I think I'm going to call just kind of a family life study. And it's basically um, just this time for us to step back for a minute, because usually, not usually, pretty much always, uh, we pick a book and we just teach through it. And we just roll through uh, whatever the text says. And it, it allows us to basically not skip around. Uh, we just look at what the Word of God says to us. But uh, there are times when, uh, especially in a time like this, because uh, ABFs are really kind of like Bible studies for the most part, and uh, it, we like to have a good time while we do it. But uh, it gives us an opportunity to, to step back and look at something topically. And so the whole point in this thing is uh, life gets kind of crazy sometimes. And it's easy to know. I know that 
God wants me to do, you know, this, and I'm supposed to do this, and I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to be uh, a good spouse, I'm supposed to be a good parent, I'm supposed to train up my kids, I'm supposed to be an employee or an employer, I'm supposed to do all of these things, I'm supposed to do them well. Uh, the problem is, though, the world that we live in, or at least the world that I live in, uh, sometimes uh, seems like I've got eight different balls in the air, and they're all coming down, and there's no way that I can juggle them all. And so it just kind of gets crazy. And sometimes you just want to throw up your hands and be like, I don't even know what to do. And so the whole point of this study uh, is just to kind of look at, okay, let's get to the basics and let's look at them in the order uh, of importance. Not that the others aren't important, but the order of importance in God's eyes of what we need to be doing in our life. And so uh, it was going to be a six week study. Now it's a six point study because it's definitely going to take longer than six weeks. Uh, and just uh, some of the things we're going to look at as far as uh, what has God told me to do? And so the first point was, you know, what has he told me to do in simply following God? The next one we'll look at when we get to it is what is he telling me to do about being a spouse, about raising children, being involved in ministry, working in the world, kind of your social life, all those things. Those are going to be a ways down the road. So anyway, we started last week with uh, what has God told me to do about simply following him? Uh, and so that's where we're going to pick up today. So while we go through this, what's, what we're going to kind of see here, what are my responsibilities? I'm not talking about me, but you need to ask yourself, what are my responsibilities when it comes to just simply following God? Because that's the first and foremost, the most basic thing that we're told to do is simply follow me, right? And so what are my responsibilities when it comes to follow, follow God, following God? And so last week we looked at the first of seven things that should be found in your life as you follow God. And today, I promise, we'll get through more than one. So uh, last week, we looked at just simple, simply, uh, if you're following God, you're going to follow him. The first thing that Christ told his disciples was to follow me. The last thing we looked last week uh, is that he told Peter after everything else that had happened in Peter's life was simply follow me. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. So you can go back and listen to that if you missed it. It's on the uh, the website. It's on the podcast, all those things. I don't know. It just shows up. So it's all done. So the second thing, and we're going to start in John chapter 15 today, that we will kind of find in your life as you follow God, or you should find in your life, so you're following him, you need to abide in him. And so uh, John chapter 15 You guys are all there, so you're just waiting really patiently. John chapter 15. So the word abide, uh, what does that mean? Well, reside. reside. That's right. Um, trying to think. I looked it up this morning just so I would know because I know what I think I know, but uh, the word abide means to, uh, that's not what I wanted. That's not the one I was looking for. That's, that's the dictionary one. I lost it now. Anyway, you're right. It's basically to just live in, uh, to be a part of, to uh, submerse yourself in. Like when we're talking about to abide, and so John chapter 15 is the uh, the chapter that you would go to when you start talking about uh, abiding. But uh, let's just look at that because when you abide in Him, you're basically just living in Christ. We understand that when you get saved. Christ lives in you. Uh, that's one of the seven mysteries in the Bible. But we understand that the Holy Spirit indwells you. But are you living in Him? Is your life uh, submerged in His ways and His thoughts and the things that He wants you to do? In John chapter 15, let's just read through some of this so we can kind of pick it up. Uh, Jesus Himself says this. He says, I am the true vine. My Father is the husbandman, meaning, you know, the, the farmer. Uh, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, He purgeth it 
that it may bring forth more fruit. Now think about that for a second, because I'm just going to kind of walk through this slowly. If you're not bringing forth fruit, you're not really abiding in anything, right? Uh, you're going to be cut off. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation, but if you're just out living life your way, doing things your way, you aren't living in Christ and you aren't doing anything for Christ. But then it also says that every branch that does bear fruit, you know what's going to happen? He's actually going to cut it off so you can bear more fruit. Uh, I don't know anything about growing anything. I'm trying to grow grass seed right now and it's not working. I mean, just give it more water, I guess, but it's not growing. But like, I think that when you're trying to get something to grow, sometimes you have to cut it off so it will grow bigger and, and better. And so that's what he's talking about. If you're going to have fruit, expect there to be trials throughout it. And you're going to have to, at, at, at some point, you know, sometimes get cut down so that you can, you know, it's kind of like saying sometimes you're a little too big for your britches and you think a little too high, more highly of yourself than you ought to. And sometimes even the word of God will do this in your life. It'll just make you feel like maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Just so then it can come back through and edify you in a different way and show you that you can do uh, more than you thought you could do. Verse 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. That's what Christ is saying to his disciples. Abide in me, live in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Meaning, if you break a branch off a tree, what's going to happen? It just dies. That's what happens. You can't keep life in it. If you think you're going to go off and be a lone ranger in ministry or in life or in different ways, uh, there's not going to be any fruit in your life because you're not attached to the source of life. Jesus is that source of life. If you're not attached to it, if you're not in the Word of God, if you're not finding out the things that God wants you to do and actually living through them, then how are you ever going to have any power to get anything done? You're walking around as a dead branch in life and everybody can see your leaves are all withered. You look, you know, you look dead. The only way that you can have any power to get anything done is to abide in Him. That's what He's trying to say. If it, uh, if verse 6, uh, I'm sorry, verse 5, it, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do some things. That's not what it says. He says, without Christ you can't do anything. So stop trying. If a man abide in me, now again, live in, rest in, right? Just, just, you are submersed in. If a man abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch. And as, uh, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Right? That's just what happens. <laughs> if you, But if you do abide in me and my word shall be in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Okay, so kind of like a sub point to this. He's saying, hey, if you're abiding in me, you know what you're going to be doing? You're going to be having conversation with me. Uh, if you thought that this study was going to be like, hey, you're supposed to read this many chapters a day, like really basic stuff. You're supposed to pray for this long every day. You're supposed to support your family in this way. That's not what this is going to be. Uh, this is going to be something about, I'm going to give you the principle and you're going to need to evaluate your own life and what that means. But what I'm saying is, he's, he's saying if you're abiding in me, there's going to be prayer. There's going to be conversation. If you're abiding in me, there's going to be uh, the word of God flowing in you. He says, my word shall be in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified. This is how you glorify God, that uh, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Now, I pray this a lot. If, you ever, if you've been around for very long, when I pray, nearly every time I pray, I want God to get the glory for whatever I'm doing, whether it's uh, you know, driving nails, uh, building houses, uh, teaching the word, uh, discipling people. I really don't care what it is that I'm doing. I want somehow God to get glory for it. And I really do. That's like when you really 
boil down what I'm trying to do in life, that is, that's where I'm at. And I think, you know, Paige is right there with me and we live our lives in that way. Um, that's what he's saying. If you want God to get glory, it says in verse 8, if, if you want Him to get glory, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to bear fruit. What does that mean? Well, yeah, it does mean that you're going to lead people to Christ. You know, we understand that spiritual fruit is leading people to Christ. Uh, there is fruit from what happened yesterday at the harvest party with 400 and something people being here, right? Uh, we have no idea. You will, you will meet people in eternity, Chris, I'm sure, that maybe didn't get saved yesterday. Maybe didn't get saved uh, the first couple times that they came back to church, but uh, maybe you were the seed that you, you were a part of, the seed that got planted. You were playing the little fish game, right? Or you were doing the bubbles or whatever you were doing at the harvest party. And you'll find out when you get to, uh, to, to glory that like that person, that was the seed that got planted. And then maybe next week or maybe next year, they actually do receive Christ. That's fruit to your account. That sometimes we don't realize that sometimes we have these, these events and these outreach events and we hand out hot dogs and, and candy to kids on Halloween. And we're like, this doesn't, I mean, we're, we're doing something, but you know, we didn't see anybody get saved that day. We didn't see anybody's life change. I promise that like those are seeds being planted. And even if it's just the first seed of eight or ten in their life that they need before they come to the realization of Christ, that is still fruit to your account. That is why we are supposed to be busy about God's work. That is why we abide in Him. Not because we want instant gratification. Oh, I, I led this many people to Christ today. I, Who cares? I mean, it, it, praise the Lord, but just be busy about what God told you to do. Like That's the, the whole core of what we're talking about is... Are you doing what God told you to do? Because if you are, you can have peace in that. And then God is getting glory for that. If you abide in me, or I'm sorry, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, talking about He's like Jesus like as he's loved me, so have I loved you, continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Okay, so that's just like a like a reality check to those who think, oh yeah, I'm abiding in Christ. Okay, if you're abiding in Christ, you know what it says? Um, you're keeping his commandments. And he says, if you keep my commandments and abide in me. Okay, so if you're not keeping his commandments, I'm really struggling to understand how you think you're abiding in Christ. You know, sometimes you just got to take the word of God for what it says. Just read the words. Uh, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. I'm telling you this for a reason, that you, uh, 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 that my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Okay, so you want something to do? You want marching orders? Uh, love God and love people. Right? That's what it boils down to. Brian says that all the time. Love God and love people. Um, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever, I have commanded you. How far am I going? Keep going. Uh, henceforth, I call you not servants for the servant knoweth not what his lord doeth but i have called you friends for all things that i have heard of my father i have made known unto you like i've told you everything i know think about that with your friends your acquaintances everything that you know about the word of god says have you tried your best to explain it to those people right or or or, are they going to be the people who are standing at the great white throne judgment trying to explain to god i i I should be able to get in get into heaven but I, i and then they're going to look at you and be like, why didn't you tell me, right? And have you told them? He's like, I've told you everything I know. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And who, uh, that whatsoever you shall ask in the Father's name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. Boil it all down to that. Are you loving 
Are you loving people? Right? Are, are you loving people or are you looking around like, well, I don't really like that person. I don't like that type of person. I'm going to stay away from that. Um, I, I guarantee, I wasn't, I wasn't able to be here for the harvest party yesterday, but I guarantee because this is just how it works. There were probably some people here that you were like, that's just not my style of people, right? <laughs> that's just what happens at things like that. Uh, but guess what? You're supposed to love people because uh, God loves souls, right? That's, that's what it's all about. And that's what you've got to do. That, that's just part of it. Are you abiding in Him? Are you living in Him? Are you just so submerged? Is your life just in Christ? Because if it's not, you're not abiding in anything. That's the whole point. Flip over to John chapter 21. Now, we were here last week at the end of the chapter. At the end of the chapter where uh, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah. And then he went on to tell him, you know, basically how he was going to die and then stop worrying about what John's going to get and, you know, how, how everything's going to work with him. Stop worrying about it, everybody else. Worry about yourself. Follow me. That's how the chapter ended. <clears throat> but this chapter begins uh, in a different way. And I kind of want to walk through this because this is Peter, the Apostle Peter. Uh, he he is like the, the try-hardest disciple that there was. And he did a lot of good things. But he also stumbled a lot of times, right? And uh, I liken myself to Peter a lot of times because he's always got something to say. It's just usually it's not the right thing. And uh, he just he stumbles a lot. But man, he's got a good heart. He's, he's zealous for what God is doing. Uh, but when we talk about abiding in him, just kind of read through this. So John chapter 21, it says, After these things, so Jesus has been crucified. Uh, he has showed himself to the disciples a couple different times after his resurrection. So he's, he's come back. Uh, he's, he's showed Thomas the holes in his hands, right? Thomas says, unless I see him with his holes, I'm not going to believe you guys. And Jesus comes back and he's like, here it is. You want to stick your hand in here and, you know, really see what happened? And so this all happens, right? After these things, they've spent three and a half years following Jesus, as close as you can follow Jesus, right? Uh, in the flesh, do this, don't do that. Um, Three and a half years doing everything that way. Uh, now Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. He's come back and showed himself. But now he's, he's gone. It's been days probably. Uh, and the disciples are kind of at this point like, well, what do we do now? Right? Uh, wh- what do we do now? And so that's kind of setting the scene for what's going on here. After these things, after all the things I just told you, Jesus showed himself again, showed himself again to the disciples on the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, he showed himself. There were Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel uh, of Canaan and Galilee and his sons, uh, his sons Devity, uh and then two other disciples. So there's there's seven of the disciples together at this point, right? If you're counting, so there's seven of them. Uh, Simon Peter saith unto them. So Jesus says, showed himself. Now he's he's out of the picture. He's no longer present. And so they're kind of like, what are we going to do? And so uh, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Now, if you'll remember, at the very beginning of Peter's life, what was he? He was a fisherman. Right? That's what he does. And he's basically, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, he's reverting back to what he knows. Um, the last three and a half years, you know, he, he doesn't say he's fishing for men, doesn't say he's out uh, feeding the widows and, you know, teaching the poor, all those. That's not what he says. He's like, I'm going to go fishing. Sometimes when we have, like, things in our life that seem like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that just happened, Right? Think about the guy that you were following, you give your whole life to. He's now been crucified, and I mean, he said he was going to happen, but it happened, and uh, tragedy has happened in their life, and, and they're just like, I don't even know what to do. Sometimes we just revert back to the things that we know, and sometimes the things that we know aren't the things we're supposed to be doing. Think back to the whole pur- purpose of what we're doing in this study. What has God told you to do? Right? And so he's, this is what he says I'm going to go fishing. I go fishing. They say it unto him, Well, I, I guess we'll go with you, right? 
They didn't say, no, you shouldn't do So again, a lot of times we give Peter a really hard time. Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Well, usually a lot of the times the other disciples just follow right along. They're never the ones that are like, no, we shouldn't be doing that. No. I... Anyway, I guess when you're the leader, you you got to take the heat sometimes. But uh, they say, uh, we go also with thee. Okay, so they went forth and entered a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. So they're out there fishing, net fishing. They don't have, you know, rod and reel like we do anymore, but they're net fishing. They said they caught nothing all night. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. So they're close enough to the shore that you can at least see the shore. There's somebody standing there. They have no idea who it is. Then Jesus saith unto them, must be yelling, children, have you any meat? They answered him, no. Right. Sometimes there's a lot that can be said, but it's just no, no, we don't have anything. Right. Not not a good night. You ever seen somebody that's been fishing all day and they catch nothing? Hey, what'd you catch? Nothing. Right. I don't want to talk about it. That's why I don't like going fishing. Right. If you're going to take me catching, I'll go with you. Right. But I'm not really a fan of fishing because there's just too many things to do. And so anyway, uh, he no. And he saith unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. Now. They fished all night long. Are you are you going to tell me that they haven't tried every different side of the ship that you've tried? Right? They've walked around the pond seven different times trying to catch a fish. Right? They didn't just do it all. They're thinking, really? You're going to tell me from the shore, no idea who you are, to cast on the other side of the ship? Now, this happened one other time earlier in life, but I don't think they've put two and two together yet. They cast, therefore... And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. There's so many fish in this net, they can't even draw it up. Therefore, the disciple uh, whom Jesus loved, uh, that's John, said unto Peter, It is the Lord. No kidding, right? I I think I put that together. Uh, Something has happened here. I'm seeing what's happening. Uh, Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. Now, you can just circle that, and you can try to figure out why Peter's fishing naked sometime on your own. Um... He's not really fishing naked. He doesn't have his like, because I, I actually did this study. Because I, when I was a young Christian, I'm like, what is this dude fishing naked for with all these other guys? Uh, he doesn't have like his outer uh, fishing coat on. And so anyway, that's, what's, that's what that means. So it says that he uh, girded his coat unto him and he did cast himself. He's so excited that Jesus is back that uh, I don't have time to wait for you guys to row this thing to shore. I'm diving in. And he's headed to, to land. And the other disciples came in a, in a little ship for, they were not far from land, uh, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. Okay, so now they're all coming to land. And, and soon, uh, as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire and coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, bring the fish which you have now caught. When Simon Peter went up and drew the net, so he's like, he's, he's fast to land. I got to get there. But then when the other guys get there, he's like, give me the net. I got to take these to, you know, it's funny that he does that. Uh, so he's like, uh, get, give me, give me the fish, uh, and the fish laid there on. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net, uh, to land full of great fishes, 150 and three. Very precise on how many fish are in the net. That's why you know that the Bible is just true. It's so just detailed in what it says. It's not just like, hey, there was 150 of them. No, there's 153 fish in the net. Uh, and, and for all, there were so many, yet the net was not broken. And then in verse 12, it just kind of like, Without knowing it, you know it. That Jesus is like, uh, hey, I need you guys to see something. And he says, uh, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. They don't know at this point that it's Jesus. Uh, they're just assuming. But he says, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? They already knew. 
they don't need to say, hey, are you? No, they, they knew. They, they knew what's going on. Uh, that's another picture of how you know that after you die and after you go to the judgment seat of Christ, you will get a glorified body and it will look different than the one you have now. If he looked the exact same that he did when he was on earth, there wouldn't be any question. But they know that it's him without visually knowing that it's him. Um, Jesus then cometh and take the bread, giveth to them and fish likewise. This now is the third time that Jesus showed himself to disciples and he was risen from the dead. And then from there, he goes into Jesus asking Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? The, the whole point here is Jesus is just like, man, will you guys just come and sit with me? Will you come and dine? Right. One of the most, uh, now people take this weird nowadays, but one of the most intimate things you can do with somebody with, with, with people is just sit and have food with them, right? It's easy to have somebody into your house. Hey, let's sit down and have coffee or let's do it. But when you invite somebody into your home, uh, for a meal, there's just something about that, right? Uh, that's one of the, when we decide, when Paige and I disciple people, that's like, we won't get together unless there's food involved. Mostly because I like to eat and Paige likes to cook, but I mean, that's just a, a side note of all of that, but that is, that is just how you love people. Um, and he says, hey, just come and sit with me. Come and dine. Uh, I preached a, a, a sermon on this one time, and there's just so much into this. But the whole point is, when you choose, because this is a choice that you have to make in your life. When you choose to abide in him, you get the fellowship that he desires with you. But if you choose not to do, to abide with him, you, there's, the fellowship is not there. It comes and goes. It's in and out. Right? Yeah, I feel like I'm close to, to Jesus when I go to church or when I do open my Bible, but man, when I'm acting like a fool at work or when I'm doing this or I'm doing that, it's just really not that. When you choose to abide in Him, to just immerse your life in His, then you actually get the fellowship that He desires. He says, come and dine. When you actually choose to follow, He's just like, hey, I'm glad you're here. Where you been all this time? You know, if you've ever... If you've been a Christian for uh, any amount of time, really, uh, you kind of have what seems like ebbs and flows. You'll feel like there's times that you're just on top of the mountain for Jesus. You could do anything. You'd be like, I'll charge hell with a squirt gun right now if that's what Jesus wants me to do. I'm just ready to go. And you just feel on cloud nine with everything that, that Christ is doing in your life. And then there's other times when it's just like, man, it, you feel like you're in the desert. Like, I'm reading, but I don't feel like I'm getting anything. And, you know, I'm just... I don't feel, I don't feel it, right? And that's why we don't base uh, our salvation or really anything on our feelings because you know, emotions will trick you. Uh, this is part of what happens in the flesh that we live in. But when you just choose to be a part of what he's doing, he's just like, hey, you can have security no matter what. It doesn't matter what's going on in life. You can come and dine. You can have that fellowship. You can abide in me no matter what, all the time. And like, as you're, as you're looking at your life and like, okay, I need to be following God. And what does that look like? I, I know that I need to be probably a better spouse. I know I probably need to be raising my kids. And I got all these other things that are messed up too. When are we going to talk about those? If you don't get these things figured out, none of those other things matter. If you don't have your own personal relationship, your daily in and out, what does it mean to just follow God? None of that's going to matter. If you don't have that piece of, like Jesus, it's like, hey, I'm glad you're here. I don't know where you've been all this time, but come get back in the house, right? Too often we get on the, we get on the, what we call the wrong side of God, which you can't because you can't lose your salvation, but we get off on, you know, following the wrong things and we're like, man, I don't, I feel like I need to clean my life up and do this, this, and this before I can get back with, Jesus is just like, hey, at any point, the door's open. Um, come and dine. Get back into fellowship. Abide in me. 
Okay, we got to get to another one because if not, you guys are going to make fun of me. Um, so seven things that should be found in your life as you follow God. You're going to follow Him. You're going to abide in Him. Uh, and I really like this one. You're going to rest in Him. You're going to rest in Him. Well, what does that mean? Because, you know, if you're around here very long, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of resting happening. We go from one event to another, one ministry to another. We're really trying to get everything done. And um, you have to learn that even in the craziness of life, you're going to rest. Uh, if you know much about Brian Hedges, he's a planner, like a huge planner. When he came to uh, plant the church at HBF, uh, he's, he's like huge. If you're going to have a ministry, you need to have a plan. When he came to start the church uh, at HBF, he didn't just have a seven-year plan uh, because he plans everything in cycles of seven. He had a 49-year plan. And I'm not kidding. I've seen this thing on paper. Seven cycles of seven. He's like, I've got it all planned out. And for the most part, he is stuck to it. There are things that have, you know, ebbed and flowed and, you know, the church isn't as big as he thought it might be at that point, but he was just, you know, big God, I'm gonna have big plans. And so anyway, uh, we got to, I remember one of the years and, and his cycles of seven was the year of rest. And I remember thinking it was like maybe our first cycle of seven here at Page and I, and I'm like, Man, the year of rest, we're going to have less ministry. It's like, we really need this. And I think we did more ministry that year than we've ever done. And it was like uh, the year of rest, but you have to learn how to rest in the Lord. And so uh, flip over to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, I'll tell you what, what this looks like. Because sometimes rest isn't uh, sleep. Sometimes rest isn't even um, not doing work. Sometimes rest is just peace, right? Um, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them to babes. So he's basically been... Uh, talking in parables, all these different things. And he's like, I'm glad that the Pharisees and the Sadducees aren't really tracking with what I'm saying and that the just the people with humble hearts are understanding what's happening. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, uh, all things are delivered unto me uh, of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither uh, knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, uh, and he, and, whew, I can't read, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal unto him. So basically, you're only going to know what Jesus reveals to you anyway. And then you get to this point. Verse 28. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Now think about your life for a minute. Are there times, because I like I could raise all my hands. Like There are times in my life where I feel like we labor a lot. And I'm not even talking about like, we, we do. We do a lot at the church um, in seasons. There are some seasons where uh, there was there was one season and it was it was probably my bad because it was too much but uh, we were I was between Paige and I and whether it was discipleship or teaching HBI uh, teaching D2 um, or teaching on Sunday mornings I think there were like six days oh and we and we I think we had the marriage study going on uh, I, I was teaching six days a week and just trying to find time to prepare all that and it was it really wasn't good it wasn't healthy for me um, but. There are times that you are super busy, right? And there are times that it feels like, you know, even in your own personal life, it just feels like everything you do is heavy, right? There, there will be times in your marriage that it seems like even the basic things are heavy, right? There are times when you're raising your kids and even the easy things, they're just heavy, right? Um, you know, if you've ever been, I don't know, if you go to the gym, right? Um, <laughs> Brady must go to the gym a lot. He's laughing at me. If you go to the gym, 
There are some days that, like, you go to the gym and you feel like, man, I, I feel like I could lift more than I've ever lifted, right? And there are other days, I say this because Paige and I have tried to do the gym thing quite a bit this year, um, but, and there are other days that it feels like I, I can't, even the things that should be super easy, they're just, it's just heavy. I'm straining way too hard with what I'm doing. There's no reason for this. And when you put that into just the, the terms of just ministry and life and, and Jesus is like, and everybody who is laboring, everybody who is heavy laden, right, just feels like you've got the world on your shoulders. Now there are times in life where it doesn't feel like that. That life is easy. Man, you just feel like you could, do whatever. But there are times when it just feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders is what they say, right? And here's what Jesus has to say about that. He says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it's like, okay, well, that sounds good. But how exactly are you going to do that? Right? Uh, what are you, you, You're going to pick this up for me? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but this, there's a lot going on in my life. And, and he, he says this, Take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest, not in your life, but in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's talking about like a yoke that goes on an oxen, right? And you lay all of the weight on them. And he's like, hey, I tell you what, if you want to, if you want to do a little swippity swap here, I'll take your yoke and you can have mine. Right? Uh, I'll take your yoke. Because he's, what he's really trying to say is, I've already taken it all anyway on the cross. That's what he's trying to say. I've already taken all of your burden on the cross. The problem is you're just continuing to wear it. You don't have to. You don't have to wear that sin. You don't have to wear that burden. You don't have to wear that whatever. It's already taken care of. If you would just take it off, you will find rest in your soul. There will be peace in your life. Now, yeah, you still might run 100 mile an hour. That's the season that you're in. Understand that everything that you do comes in seasons. If you've got kids, the season lasts, I don't know, somewhere around 20 years, I think. <laughs> but they're different seasons as you go. The whole point is like, it's just what happens. Now, I know it's not anytime super soon, but there will be a time that our kids are going to be gone. They won't be in the house anymore. And after the first, you know, I don't know, month, two months, maybe a year of like, man, the house is ours. There will be a time that I look at my wife and I'm going to be like, I wish the kids were around, right? It's a little, a little quiet around here. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that we get to shoot our kids out as arrows. Like, that's, that's what we're told to do. But um, that's just part of it. It is a season. Everything you do comes in a season. That's when you're going to get that new dog. <laughs> I ain't getting no new dog. I've told all of y'all, as the kids... And the animals leave. We're not replacing any of them. It doesn't matter. When the kids leave, the animals go with them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the point is, like, he's, he's like, take my yoke on you and learn of me. Just find out what I've got for your life. And there is rest. There is peace. There is, like, even in the crazy, you can just be like, Jesus has got this. I don't have to worry about it. It might be hard, but I, I know that through Christ I can do all things. Who strengthens me, right? There is no question about that. And so, if you can live like that in your life, if you can live like, I just have peace, I've got rest, like, the life is crazy, I'm living in Him, I'm following Him, I can have rest in that. Flip over to Luke chapter 10, we'll finish here, just real quick.
We'll get through two points today, Brady. Not just one. Luke chapter 10. Yeah, you're right. 38. I ain't heard that one in a hot minute. 38. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. This is a story most of you guys know. Mary and Martha, their sisters. Um, and, you know, they're, they're part of the group that followed kind of Christ around uh, when he was doing different things. And it says, this is kind of a story about them talking about finding rest in your life. Mary and Martha. Now it came to pass, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, as, the, as they went, that he entered into a certain village into a certain woman named Martha received into her home. So Jesus and probably the whole group of disciples, who knows how many people, they have come into Martha's home. <clears throat> and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So she's there too. She's hanging out in the house. She's just hanging out with Jesus, right? She's just hearing what Jesus has got to say. Man, I'm glad you're here. This is really awesome. Um, but Martha was cumbered about much uh, with much serving. Was cumbered about much, was cumbered about much serving, and came to him, and said unto him, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. She's running around trying to get the house clean, trying to get the food prepared, right? If you've ever been to uh, the host's house at Thanksgiving, uh, they're Martha, right? They're running around. They're trying to get all the stuff going. I got six different things in the oven, and right, the guys show up. They're sitting on the couch, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, are you guys gonna do anything?" Right? Yeah. My mother-in-law's not like that, though. She has everything ready when we get there. She really does. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, but th- th- just to give you the picture of what's going on here, like people are running around as crazy. So that's what Martha. She's like trying to get everything ready. All things going on, and she's like. Finally, she's at her wit's end. She goes up and she's like, Jesus, would you tell my sister to get up and do something? Right? Have her help me. And then we can all sit down. Like, that's what she's thinking, right? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Right? That's where we get that. Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Right? He's like, you got, you're wearing way too much on your shoulders, Martha. You are, you are, are careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. You might have the house looking great. The food's going to be awesome. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Right? And what he's trying to say is, there's only a certain time that you get to rest in Jesus. Right? There are times when uh, rest physically doesn't really get to happen. Um, Now, I'm not saying that everybody gets to kick back with their feet up and just expect things to happen. Like, yeah, there is a time and there is a place to work and there is a time and there is a place to get in the Word. Think about, you know, just give you a practical example. Think about your personal time in the Word every day. Too often we've got a million things to do. We've got ten different directions we need to be going. And we're like, i got to get to work. i got to get home. I got you know, Kids got games. they got this, that, and the other. I don't have time to get in the Word today. And then the next, same thing happens the next day and the next day. It's the same type of thing. You're cumbered about with many things. And what he's really saying is the best part, the part that you're missing, is sitting at my feet. Because that's where you're going to find rest. Now again, I'm not going to give you the, hey, you're supposed to read this many chapters a day. I don't know. What's God want you to be reading? Where does God want you to be studying? Where does he want you? The point of this whole thing is for you to just kind of stop and look at your life and am I following him? Like really following? Am I abiding in him? Am I resting in him? And we'll get into the, the last four in two weeks, because we don't have class next week. But the whole point is, like, really do think about your life and where you're at. Uh, and, like, are you 
Are you finding peace in these things? Because if not, it doesn't matter if you've got your job figured out and your, your, your marriage figured out and your kids figured out, because I promise you don't anyway. You just can't. If you don't have your relationship with him figured out first, you're not going to. So start with these things and just the basic things and really evaluate where you're at because it's not for me to be like, you need to have this exact thing figured out. No, you need to have resting in Christ figured out. What does that look like in your life? You need to have abiding in him figured out. What does that look like in your life? Figure that out on your own in the word of God because I'm not here to give you all the answers. I'm here to point you in the direction and say, hey, that's what Jesus wants you to do. That way when you do find yourself cumbered about, you can do the one thing that he told you to do and say, hey, I've got peace in the fact that I'm doing what he told me to do. Not everybody else, but I'm doing what he told me to do. I hope that kind of makes sense. We're over time. Sorry, I usually try not to go over. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Thank you for your word. And uh, Lord, I really do thank you for the fact that I can find rest in you, even in a life of absolute chaos at times. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, just allow these things to sink into even uh, my heart as uh, I've spent a lot of time just meditating on these things the last few days and that we would make sure that we're following you first before we get too cumbered about with the other things. And uh, God, that we would make time to make sure that you are preeminent in our life. And so, Lord, uh, there's so many things going on. I pray that you would just uh, be a God of the details. I pray that there's guests here today uh, from the Harvest Party and that and they would feel welcome and wanted and uh, just know that you uh, you want to have a relationship with them. And uh, we're, we're not here to trick them into anything. We just want them to know you uh, and to find peace in the fact that you want to be a part of their life. And so, God, I pray that you would just uh, be a God of the details, uh, be with everything we prayed about earlier and uh, Laura in the hospital and all the things. So be with Pastor Brian as he preaches today. Uh, send us out as lights in a dark world. In Christ's name, amen.